Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are and whatever time it is in the world. Welcome to Everything EPL here on Football Worldwide. Thank you to our host with the most, Mo, who's just unavailable, simple as that today, and his co-host, Cayman, who have done an amazing job on this segment. But I'm joined by one of my friends, Chain, and it's going to be a pleasure to go through this match day of the English Premier League. It's something I've never done before, so I'm actually keen as I've been and looking forward to it, bro. How are you doing over there? Yeah, doing great. I mean, other than my team having another bad result as usual lately. It's it's one hell of a paradox being in your position at the moment, man. In one hand, you've got this jubilation and this ecstasy going forward. And in the other hand, you've got this um, logical frame of mind where you need to live in the present and realise that the football's not that great. Yeah, the, the football is absolutely terrible and it seems to be getting worse. Uh, 20% possession, I think, we had against Chelsea. It's like about as bad as it can get. But uh, it, it, it is a surreal experience. I mean, before the takeover, we would have been fearing, okay, are we going to end up like Sunderland because we don't really see much of a future with Bruce's manager and all that. Now Bruce is gone. But um, there, there is like this sort of thought in the back of the head, like everything's going to be okay though. Yeah. <laughs> At least there's like money and there's hope and there's ambition there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird, and we'll get to that. In this a, is the weirdest relegation battle. It is. A, it's a. It's a very weird one, man. It's a weird one, but I'm sure it'll make more sense as the season goes on. And like, we'll get. We'll get to that game as it goes on. But I'm going to start off with one of the earlier fixtures on the match day. Match day. Uh, Arsenal, the Arteta train, man. Like, I always had faith that it would come good eventually because idealistically, it always looked like it should work. There was no reason why it shouldn't have worked apart from the fact that maybe they all watch Arsenal fan TV on the weekend and it got to them mentally. But there's no way it couldn't have started working eventually, and it looks like it's working now. What are you, what are you making of Arsenal in the last uh, six to seven games? Because they're nine unbeaten now, mate. Well, yeah, a nine unbeaten, you can't turn your nose up at it. That's that's impressive, like whatever, whatever league you're looking at. Um, and they are playing some good football. They're not necessarily playing amazing football, but they're getting it done. That's the main thing. And they're... You can see that the players seem to be buying into Arteta's vision a bit more. At, at times, you could sort of see it on the pitch. Some players were pushing and pressing. Other players weren't. It was a really mixed bag with Arsenal. But they look like they're coming together now, which is... I mean, Arsenal fans are starting to get excited again. Yeah, they're, and they actually they, they, they they deserve it. They deserve yeah, it, man. Absolutely. Wouldn't you say? Definitely. Other than like the half a dozen or so on Arsenal fan TV <laughs> that, are, that don't know how to have some decorum about how they act on <laughs> online, but for the most part, a lot of Arsenal fans, you know, that they've they've rode this storm pretty hard and they've they've copped an absurd amount of banter from every angle from every fan, especially Tottenham fans. Mm-hmm. But, but they're looking good now and. You know, prop, props to Arteta, but also props to Kroenke. I mean, he cops a lot of abuse, but he's been working really hard, clearly, in the last few years on trying to fix their finances first and foremost. If he fixes that and he's got Arteta there who is starting to make a tick, well, they, they could be in for like a good good spell coming forward. Yeah, I'd have to agree, man. Two goals in the first 20 minutes and an absolute world-class performance by um, goalkeeper Ramsdale. What do you think their realistic goal should be this season, man? Because for all the banter, as you said, they're, they're, they should realistically looking at be looking at a European spot. Yeah, they have to be looking at that for sure. Uh, 
you, you you can't have the squad that they have and I mean, as much as they are fixing the finances, they're still spending a lot of money in terms of their wages and everything like that. They they have to be hunting Europe and European football. European footballers, where they're going to get a lot more money in and be able to afford the players that they got now and try to build upon that. Yeah, fair call, man. Well done on that game. That was the early one, and then uh, the season, uh, sorry, the weekend ticked on in Sydney, Australia. Man, I've been watching so many games during lockdown. It's, it's pretty much all I've been doing. I've been guilty of waking up on a Monday morning and just going in, on, into Zoom meetings on like one and a half, two hours sleep, just faking it completely. <laughs> I did manage to catch sixty minutes of this game, and I, I dozed off thirty minutes before the end. I couldn't believe it, man. Usually two 0 up at Anfield. Chain, you'd think it's all done and dusted, to be honest, but an unlikely comeback for Brighton, who are really starting to stick out and do well this season. Um, Henderson and Mane cancelled out by a Merpu chip, who just really caught Allison off guard on the line, and then Trossard sent the cop completely quiet. What did you make of this game, bro? It was a weird one. Yeah, this is not the Liverpool that we've known over the last few years. They have been the most clinical team in just about every competition. For them to like let that slip and at home is it, it's it's a weird one, but I think a lot of credit really needs to be put on Brighton and in particular their manager Potter. He yeah. he's really transformed what that club represents and their ambitions. I remember when they let go of Chris Huden a couple of years ago, they come under a lot of criticism because they they weren't doing that bad, and the criticism was like, oh, "What do you think you are like?" you were like punching above your weight, even doing what you were. Now all of a sudden Potter has got them playing some amazing football and they look really impressive. And this result is just the culmination of that really. Yeah. Well said, man. And like sitting well and truly in the top half of the table, I think it's all about just gathering enough enough points in the next few games and in the first half of the season to make sure that the pressure's not on towards the end of the season. And so far, so good. Um, for Brighton. Man, next one, you're going to take the floor a little bit more than I am. Really good opening hour by your boys, but class prevails, money prevails, talent on the pitch prevails, man. I mean, I'm the biggest Serie A fan that you know possibly, and I can tell you right now, when it gets down to that 60th, 70th minute, it's all about who's got the more talented players on the pitch. Newcastle played very, very well for 60 minutes, my friend, but um, just in the end, Chelsea had just a little bit too much, but I don't think you really would have expected to get three points against what looks to be the most informed team against um, in the, at the moment. Chelsea grabbed three routine goals, but they did need to wait a while for it, man. Well, that's it. I mean, the top of the league, defending European champions, they are about as close to the pinnacle as it gets right now. Yeah. So we didn't expect didn't expect much. Didn't expect to win, that's for sure. Impressed that we held on as long as we did, especially given the weight of possession that Chelsea had. Mm. But, I mean, it was, a, it was a masterclass from their manager too. Every time we had the ball, no matter where it was on the pitch, no matter what player had the ball, they pressed us so hard just to – we had no movement. There was nothing happening. They, they, they came in with a game plan and they understood every single player. And that's, I think, the most – the ultimate sign of, like, a real quality manager and what they do in the Premier League these days. He, he's had that team so well drilled, whether it was Matt Ritchie who had the ball or St. Maximum who had the ball. It didn't matter. They knew what they were doing and how to get that ball back off them straight away. This Chelsea team, man, we've been doing well on this um this show for a second, so let's just digress. This Chelsea team, the way they flipped after Lampard, it's one of the most impressive transitions I've seen. This, this is such a good 
team. They are clearly the most consistent and the best team in the Prem. And it's almost like they just took the world from underneath the map and just grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. It's very, very impressive. Could the sky be the limit for them this season in, in a sense that Remit Abramovich, you know, he oozes money. You go and spend $115 million on a striker, Lukaku, and the moment he gets injured, you go and you smack a team for seven goals, and then you go and score three again away from home. It's really they've almost it's their spoil for choice, mate. I don't I don't see many teams being able to stop them this season. Yeah, I I I caught it before the season, and I thought they would win it, and nothing is changing my mind at all. As the season goes on, it's just confirming it to me. Everybody is standing up. Everybody has completely embraced the manager's vision and how he wants to play football. And he's clearly top shelf manager, as good as it gets right now. And everybody that's like in that squad is like pushing themselves to their, to their absolute limit is the the football is amazing. If you're a neutral, you, you, you can't help but enjoy watching Chelsea play. 100% man. 100%. All right, going on to the next game. Shock of the round. Easiestly the surprise of the round, man. Laporte grabs a red card and Zaha and Crystal Palace run riot to get a victory. Honestly, this was the biggest shock of the match day. Man City going out pretty much the same week that, you know, they go out of the Carabao Cup for the first time under Pep. I guess my two questions for you, Chayna, was this just one of those days for Manchester City or is this the signs and the cracks and basically... The start of the end for Pep Guardiola. I mean, with all due respect, I'm not trying to say it out of any banter per, uh, point of view. You can just sort of see when the time is up and when the peak is up. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it, it's a little bit also that so many people have been saying it too. Everybody's been talking about Pep's not going to last much longer there at Man City. People have been talking about who's going to be the next boss. Is Pep going to go to this team or that team? That can't have been going on since like, the end of last season, and it not affect the team a little bit as well. Uh, there, there seems to be a bit of unsureness going on at Man City. They don't know. They, they don't look the same. They don't look the same. That's the bottom line. But I don't think we should really discredit Crystal Palace too much here too because Patrick Vieira has got this team yeah. playing football that nobody expected them to be playing under him. Nobody expected them to be playing this sort of football at all. They've got like a really good squad there, not necessarily – any X factor players, but a lot of uh, there needs to be a lot of respect on Vieira and what he is doing. Like the players are bought into his vision, what he wants them to do. They're playing the best football they've played in years. I mean, under Hodgson, they didn't really have any sort of tactics. It was all just go out there, work your ass off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm enjoying watching Palace play, and it's good for their fans. They they have a very loyal and passionate fan base. I think everybody who knows the Premier League knows of them and respects them and who they are as a fan base. So it's it's good to see what's going on there for them. 100%, man. Zaha with another really good game. Second win of the season for them. Uh, first in five, but also unbeaten in five. So real perfect mid-table form from Crystal Palace, man. And if they end up in mid-table again at the end of the season, I think that's a win for most of their fans and well-deserved pretty much, as you said. Um Low-key, very entertaining game uh, of the match day, man. Three really good goals in the first half here. Uh, Chris Wood opens it up with a um, finish for Burnley. And he thought he had an assist moments later, but the goal is to be ruled out for both uh, for offside. Brentford pe- pressing pretty hard for the goal after that. Um, but then it was pretty much all 
about a win for Burnley. 3-0 at halftime and a win at last for Sean Dice in his nine-year anniversary. If either one of these teams survives relegation, it'll be an achievement at the end of the season, man. But, you know, both of them well and truly could. What did you make of this game, man, even though it was one of of the more low-key fixtures of the match day? Yeah, it's it's hard to pick with Burnley. They're, they're a club that does not have the money to really pump into their squad, but they've got like a pretty decent squad there. And the manager gets a bit of criticism here and there, especially at the moment. Like a couple of years ago, they, they were punching well above their weight, doing well up the league. Everybody was raving about them. They've come back down to what might be their level. and But after having that success people don't really accept that as a level anymore. Yeah. They've had a bit of a struggle street so far this season, but it's good to, good to see them get their win, get, get that monkey off their back. They needed that desperately. Yeah. Uh, there's a few clubs in that sort of position at the moment too, though. So uh, Burnley, it's, it's, they're a club where you look at them, at times you struggle to see where they're going to get their goals from. This was a game where everything clicked and they, they, they got their win, they got their goals, everything looked great. They need this to happen a lot more often. Though. They're not going to get by doing this every every other month. Yeah. They just might end up the best of a bad bunch this season, bro, to be honest. Um, yeah. Next game. Oh, man. This dude again. I know how much you love him. But more importantly, this was just El Sakiko. It was just which manager decides who wants to get sacked the fastest this season. Uh, Levy's a mess. Tottenham are a mess. We'll talk a tiny bit about that before I speak a little bit about Manchester United. Um, but yeah, our amigo Nuno is most likely going to be out of job out of a job sooner rather than later. He looked really dejected at the end of the match. And Chain Spurs at the moment lost cause to me man like we all know it as soon as they lost that champions league final it was never going to be the same but this sort of fall it's it's starting to reach that sort of like pitfall level where you have to start scraping back up because you don't want to fall further than this it's going to get to a point in my personal opinion you might want to entertain offers around about that 60 million for harry kane in january if you need to and cut your losses on what could have been a triple digit million sale in summer last time what are you saying about Spurs at the moment, man? Because at the moment, that's why there is no reason why any Manchester United fan is really smiling after this game because they're a lost cause. They really are at the moment. It's it's a case that the rot has set in. There is massive problems there. They've they put themselves a billion pounds in debt, and but for the right reasons, unlike a lot of other clubs, they put themselves a billion pounds in debt, building this new stadium, setting themselves up for the future, but. All of a sudden, they're on the fringe of missing out on Europe already for this season. If they, if they start slipping outside of Europe, where's the money going to come to replace that billion pounds anytime soon? It's going to take a long time. If they're in debt for a long time without being able to make a lot of this money, they, they could be in a lot of trouble for a long time. And yeah, you, you talk about Kane, they might have to sell him at a at a fraction of the price of what they, they could have got if they had sold him and been less stubborn about it in the summer. I don't, I don't know where they go to from here. But no, nobody is bought into anything that this manager has to offer. And I don't, I, I mean, for, I'm supporting a club near the bottom. So for me, he's not doing that bad of a job. They've won <laughs> like half their games. But Tottenham obviously are expecting a lot more than that. Who, who's even. 
who who would want to walk into the Tottenham job because they know that they're going to walk into a job where they're not going to have a lot of money to spend. They haven't given a lot of managers in the past much money to spend. And you've got a lot of players that are clearly on the way out. All, all their best players seem to want to leave. If all their best players want to leave, then those that are left there are, don't have the right mentality. They, they could be in for a really rough decade. Yeah, I would have to agree, man. They don't really have the prestige with the badge and the name the same way certain clubs do when they dip off for a couple of seasons, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, they were really coasting on that ride with Pochettino and with no Pochettino and no more stars there. It looks like a sinking ship completely. Yeah, Speaking I think of, they really regret yeah. sacking him. Oh, yeah, that, that would have that was their biggest mistake, man, for sure. But it was really good entertainment watching the Amazon series, to be honest. Did you get a good look at that? <laughs> No, not at all. Oh, seriously? Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't watched anything to do with Tottenham. I don't, I don't like Tottenham as a club at all. Yeah, no, fair is, cool. Especially cool. at the moment with Daniel Levy taking every shot he can to try and bring down Newcastle and what's going yeah. on with the takeover. It's, it's just like reaffirming my belief that I do not like this club. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Speaking of sinking ships, man, uh, I don't know if, if Manchester United are a sinking ship, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to have to do more than go to White Hart Lane and get a three-goal win after that Liverpool result because at the moment it's just a matter of not if, it's a matter of when, and Manchester United have enough talent on the pitch to beat almost any team bar maybe three or four in Europe on their day. This is a team that can fluke a result against any side by playing 80% of the game poorly as well. And that's been their saving grace for a long time. So I just want to ask my guest here today, Chain, like after that 5-0 absolute disgraceful drubbing against Liverpool and being able to claw a result like this again, what do you expect to happen with, with Man United towards the end of the season? Do you do you think Oli's on the chopping block within the next month? You think they let him see out the season? Because at the moment, we're, I think the best word to describe it is limbo. Yeah, they they do seem in limbo. Um, it's really hard. Like, Ollie's results haven't necessarily been that bad. I mean, they came second last season. They're coming second behind that team last year, it was a good result. It's we're, – we're, we're, I don't know. It's really hard to understand what's going on with Man United and what they expect. The, the thing that's thrown everything into doubt is the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo because mm. – while Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't there, competing with everybody in Europe and pushing at the top, that was good enough. But you don't yeah. add a player like Cristiano Ronaldo and continue to just compete. You're mm -hmm. expected to then win. You you don't you don't sign players like that without trying to win everything. You know, it's the same with Messi. PSG yeah. don't sign Messi and then just want to try and compete at the top of the Champions League. So Cristiano Ronaldo being there, I think, is heaped. A mile of pressure on Ollie. I don't think he's the manager anymore as a result. <laughs> they need to get somebody in who will take it to that next level. But the board doesn't seem to want to do the wrong thing by him either. Uh, so it's, it's almost like they're caught between a rock and a hard place about what is the right decision here with the squad and the manager. But uh, they've only got a short window of Cristiano Ronaldo as well. I mean... He's on that two-year yeah. contract. I don't necessarily think he will extend beyond that. I wouldn't think so, especially at his age. And especially if he does want to go back to Portugal to play as well and not just yeah. go back there to play for meaningless reasons. Just he, he wants to try and help be successful there too. 
So if they've only got that short window, they've got to act on it. And to act on it means you've got to sack that manager then. You you need somebody who's going to take them that next level and Ollie won't be that manager. Who who in the world at the moment could come in at such short notice and take over a club at this magnitude besides Antonio Conte? But as someone who knows Antonio Conte very, very bloody well, this would be a circus, man. This would be a Netflix series waiting to happen. Antonio Conte up against the Glazers. It, the only way I could see this working is if Conte walked in head first. And he's the kind of guy to say this, to walk in and go, I'll stay this season and the next season. I'll win something and then I'm out because I know that we won't be happy after this. So it's a weird one, man. Besides him, who else is going to come and take over? Well, that's it. And I could see that that wouldn't necessarily be that bad. I mean, if Manchester United are trying to like capitalize on having Cristiano there, bringing in Conte just to try and win that trophy and then move on, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, mm. they're not a club that needs to go on a massive rebuild with a long-term dedication. They can rebuild at any moment and be successful at any moment. So they don't have to worry about long-term ambitions. So they can get somebody like that in. But the only other option really is maybe Zidane, who obviously has yeah. that relationship with Cristiano for many years. He knows how to handle big egos, clearly. So he's maybe somebody who could come in and get it done. But, I mean, at, at Real Madrid, he had the ultimate team. They, they were as close to perfection as it got. Uh, we we don't necessarily know that you know he's going to walk into Manchester United. And are we going to find out that oh maybe he wasn't that good of a manager after all? Maybe it was more to do with the players back then. Yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Yeah. Man. I, I honestly, I see them giving him as many chances as they possibly can with a tough fixture against City coming up. I know a lot of people are saying if he loses that, it's all over. Uh, I think it's more so if he loses that, then he gets one more chance after that because uh, I don't think you can really sack someone on the back of City, although we've seen some stranger things happen, man, to be honest. Um, <laughs> this game, what a peach. Did you have something to add about what I just said before we move on? No, no, no. That's... No? All right, sweet. This was an absolute peach of a goal, man. It was an absolute pearler. All finesse, off balance, feet glued to the ground, everything very, very classy. Southampton get their second win of the campaign and puts them in a much better position going into November because they got a couple of tough games coming up at the back end of the month. Uh, anything to add on this game, man? Another low-key fixture on the match day. Yeah, this was already a massive six-point affair for mm. both these clubs. This is the sort of game where you expect in April if they meet and it's close to a relegation battle, it's big six points. For this to yeah. be like this already for both these clubs, it shows where they're at and how long this season is going to be. It was a, it was a massive result for the Saints. And mm. yeah, yeah, I, I think they desperately needed it too because I don't know that they've got a lot of wins in them this season. Nah, me either, man. Like that mid-table to bottom-table grind is going to be a very real thing at the end of the season, man. It, it really does get more entertaining than the top half of the table come April, May sometimes. Uh, bro, real talk. Is there any team looking more confident, looking more self-assured of themselves and who they are on the pitch in the Premier League than the Hammers, man? Honestly, six wins this season, four in their last five. Their squad looks energetic. They're switched on. There's all this, uh, all these stupid people saying out there, if David Moyes never coached Man United before, he'd be the first one in line to get the job now. But honestly, all that being ignored, big up to West Ham, man. They're doing what they showed they were going to do in the last couple of seasons. 
Um, albeit they showed form like this in the last couple of seasons, but I think this is the season where they consistently maintain that form for a longer duration of time, and they might actually feel pretty confident welcoming um, Liverpool to them next week. Yeah, I think they're going to be very confident that they can get the win. They're not going to look at Liverpool like a game they're like, oh, if we defend tightly, we can get a point. I think they, they will absolutely be thinking three points is on here. They're, they're as, as impressive as anybody right now. They should be in the Champions League. They really bottled it last season, missing out on mm. that spot. I think the way that they're playing now, though, they're as good as it gets. It's it's incredible. When Moyes walked into them, they were there was talk of relegation that season. They they mm. they were like at the bottom, really struggling. They went on an instant rise, and it hasn't stopped. the The, the ride is absolutely going with them. They don't have any X Factor players at all, really. Lingard came in on loan last season and he, he became that X-Factor player, which almost got them into the Champions League. This season, they, 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 everybody has just switched on. Every game, they're all working together as a team, as a unit. They're extremely well drilled. We're, we're seeing that Moyes is actually an, a, a brilliant manager. He is. I mean, you, you, you touched on it with Manchester United. Things didn't work out there, but he walked into the world's toughest job and he may not have been right for it at the time, but... Oh, you've got to give him credit for what he's doing at West Ham. That it's it's incredible. Yeah, it really is, man. You got to call a spade a spade there. And Rafinha and Rodrigo, these two boys look absolutely on point. There's no reason why they can't really fight for a European spot all the way um, to the end of the season, man. So big up to West Ham. I actually think they're going to show a lot of promise towards the end of the season. It's going to be so competitive. Going to be so competitive, especially when we get to the end. Uh, Leeds got a two-one win away. To Norwich, more heartbreak for Norwich in what was a crazy five minutes, man. Um, sorry, Rafinha and Rodrigo is what I was talking about in the next game, man. Um, but really crazy five minutes, bro. Straight away, goal for Leeds, equalizer for Norwich, but not to be. Norwich, man, they must be your second favorite team at the moment because they're it's, it's the only thing that's keeping you off the bottom. But when I watch them play, no real hope. No real momentum, no real anything. You can always tell who the seller dwellers are going to be, and that's it's going to be them, bro. Yeah, they they are the ultimate yo-yo club in purgatory. They, mm. they 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 are too good for the championship, and they are not anywhere near good enough for the Premier League. And they don't have the money, and they're not willing to risk their finances to try and push up and buy players and improve their squad. But they're they're in a tough spot. They're going to get relegated. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Like you can't see how they're going to survive. They they they're in a position where they, they could add almost anybody to their squad in January, and you would not feel any more confident about them staying up. But I mean, it's 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 got to be hard for their fans. I mean, they know they walked into the season knowing that it was going to be a struggle, but. Right now, it looks as bad as it can get. I mean, they've got, what, two draws? Probably lucky to have had them. They don't, they don't look like they're capable of winning a game. They're, they they look like they're going to potentially break the record for the worst points haul in a season. Yeah, they could very well be, man. Um, they look like one of those sides. They just look really, really poor. And the longer it goes on, just the, the harder it is to gain any sort of momentum or um confidence a couple of stats to look at before we wrap up man these are um some of the key players and key men who are putting up the big numbers what are you making of Salah's season so far just absolutely showcasing himself as pretty much one of the top players in the world right yeah if, 
I mean, the way that it's going, you, you can almost put your finger on it and call it for next year as a Ballon d'Or award. Mm. He, he, he is the best player in the world right now. There's, there's nobody that can stop him. He's phenomenal. He's doing it all. It's just electric. It's, he's, he's the greatest one-season wonder of all time. <laughs> Man, if you're Liverpool, you want to be you want to be getting the best deal possible for these guys when they leave. The way Jurgen Klopp has kept these guys like Mane, like Firmino, like Salah, all in tip-top form, you could get players like Milner, Henderson, anyone from midfield. And the thing is with Liverpool is you can't be so, how can I say it? So sentimental in a situation like this. There's going to be a situation in 12 to 18 months time, Shane. They're going to have to cash in. Don't hang on to these guys too long. Get your 50 million for Salah. Get your 40 million for Mane. If you need to get 15 million for Milner, if you need to get 25 to 30 for Henderson, if you need to sell your players, get good money because the way they lost Wijnaldum for nothing to Paris, they're not the only team to lose a player for nothing in the offseason, but they're in a situation where they could make bank for a bunch of players at the back end of their career. Definitely, and I think their owners will be thinking this very strongly. Their owners are very financially motivated. They don't mm-hmm. really – they're not the type to just go out and splash money and they're not they, – they don't exactly like seeing players leave for, no, for nothing. It's the same with their other sports team, Boston in like the baseball. So I'm expecting them to – they're going to be pushing Klopp to – cashed in on them sooner than later i think but yeah yeah they, they, they've got to get that right because i mean if if they're going to be very if they're going to be watching the books and i mean they are trying they are living at the moment with like about a half a billion euros in debt if yeah. if they're going to cash in on these players and they're going to want to try and maintain staying at the top they're going to have to get the players in very very right as well otherwise they, they could find themselves in a bit of a sticky situation yeah, transitioning is not easy in this day and age, man. Definitely yeah. not. Um, Bruno Fernandes, man, is he, is he going to be the next assistant coach of Man United because Ronaldo is <laughs> going to be the head coach soon? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> but more importantly, man, mm. I, I watch him play all the time. He makes a lot of mistakes throughout the game. And I remember watching him when he played for Sampdoria in Serie A. Now, you're looking at a good eight, nine seasons ago now before he went to Portugal. But he's just that sort of player where he can just produce something out of nothing. So what's your honest opinion on Bruno Fernandes? Yeah, he is one of those players. He's he's a luxury player where he might do nothing for big stretches of game, and he'll make some bad mistakes. But when when he makes something happen, he makes something special happen, and he he's a he's an X factor that will win you games off that. Um, you said it earlier about how they could play badly, Man United, for like eighty percent of the game and still get the win. He mm-hmm. he's a shining example of why that is. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Pretty much, man. Bro, the fixtures are coming hard and fast. International break. Um, there's a few good games coming up sooner rather than later, but I'll be talking about it on another episode. I just want to thank my guest, Chain. And to be honest, man, with the with the fixtures coming up with Newcastle, when do you see them starting to pick up momentum this season, man? You think it's going to be before Christmas time? Um, it, we're we're in for a rough period. We, we need some – during November and through to the first week of December, we've got, like, a few winnable games, and we desperately need this new manager to come in, whoever it's yeah. going to be, and fixing how we play football and getting a couple of those wins. If we don't get those two or three wins by the first week of December, we then have an absolute horror run of games up until yeah. New Year's. 
all of a sudden we, we could be in a position where it doesn't even matter what sort of players you get in. You could be too far adrift. Mm. I, I, I don't think we're going to be quite at that point, but speak to me again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> My mind might be completely different on it because yeah, if we don't fix a few things and get some wins soon, we're going to be in a lot of trouble come January. And I mean, if we're, in, if we're in that position, yeah, it, all of a sudden the sort of players we can get in is going to be extremely limited because there's going to be a lot of players that are going to think, okay, yeah, they're a club that's going to have a lot of money behind them. There's a big future, but how long before they get back up to that sort of level? Like, I'm not going to be a part of like the success train because it's going to take yeah. two, three years minimum to get in. So why do I ever want to go there? Yeah. Exactly, man. I would have to agree. Bro, thanks for coming on to Football Worldwide today and I can't wait to chat with you again. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. From all of us at Football Worldwide, we'll speak to you soon. Take it easy. Ciao, ragazzi.